to the disclaimer here on WMSC 91.7 FM. I'm Ryan Schleicher, as always, joined by Evan Ritleski and Matt Wild. Welcome, guys. Hello. Hello. And talk about some trees, <laughs> some gravel. I want to talk about, should we just talk about that new Joker trailer? Doesn't that look great? Did you guys see that this morning? Did not see it. I saw that you were excited about it. <laughs> I don't know. No, just kidding. Let's talk about trees. Uh, yeah, the Marcus Center. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those stories that starts off so innocuous. You're like, yeah, we'll never hear about this again. And then it's all you hear about for yeah, a Before while. you get into it, I just want to, Evan wrote a really, really well-written piece. So uh, if you enjoy what we're about to talk about, definitely go to Shepherd Express and read his thoughts on this. For more, more tree coverage. Uh, the, the real quick backstory is, is, we've talked about it a few times on the show, is the Marcus Center proposed uh, sort of a pretty drastic facelift to its campus, sort of spruce it up a little bit. We're excited about that. We think the Marcus Center is pretty ugly in its current state. And to be honest, I think the Marcus Center does too. Uh, but uh, those plants hit a, a stumbling block when uh, part, of the, the part of the plan suggested that they change the design of an existing chestnut grove that's on the plot. Of course, this is designed by the uh, architect Dan Kiley. It's a historic chestnut grove. And people were really upset about this. Uh, more people than you would expect. And I, this is one of those things where I think we have to acknowledge up, up front. There are a lot of people really genuinely passionate about this. And that was on display on Monday when the uh, Historic Preservation Committee held a public meeting before voting on whether to grant, I use that word, uh, I'm not sure if that's the right word, but grant the Marcus Center historic designation. And uh, this was a vote that was widely expected to pass. I think if you looked at the posture of the uh, Historic Preservation Committee, they were very, very inclined to do this. And uh, they did. They voted 4-1 to grant permanent historic designation to the Marcus Center. The Marcus Center will now uh, almost certainly appeal that designation to the Common Council. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, but uh, this was something the Marcus Center did not want uh, because it impedes their ability to change the campus. Uh, when, Of course, when you're a historic landmark, uh, there are things you can't do. And one, there's just a great deal of oversight that's needed before you make any changes. And the Marcus Center, of course, trying to update his campus, did not want that. And so it was sort of an interesting hearing uh, because, uh, well, a lot of people came out and they, they testified very passionately for that tree grove, uh, which was... Was it all people who just like met their fiance there or something like that? <laughs> no, it was, you know, it was like a very educated, very engaged, slightly older, you know, people who have memories of it, people who, who care about history. You know, I think, I think that was the, the crux of their argument was, you know, part, part of the argument was this is a, a peaceful place, a little bit of nature in the middle of the city, which is, of course, what the original design intent for the Grove was. But an even bigger part of it was Dan Kiley is an architect, was an architect of uh, great stature. He had a vision uh, for this Grove. His vision should be protected. Um, a lot of what they talked about was very much rooted in the past. You know, lots of quotes uh, from the original opening of the Grove, lots of lots of statements about his original vision for the Grove. And I think that's where we get into a problem and, and maybe where I uh, start to disagree from these very well-meaning, passionate people, which is the Grove that they're romanticizing is not the Grove that's there right now. The, uh, the, the Grove, and you can see it in the original pictures, uh, was – it pretty sparse, you know. The trees weren't as big. Uh, it was it was open. It was kind of inviting. It looked very. Let's be honest. It looked very of its time. I had one friend. Uh, it's a sunken grove, so you actually have to step step down about a foot and a half to get into it. 
and I had a friend who compared it to sort of like a sunken living room with shag carpet, which is like very much of that like nineteen right. sixties Don Draper's apartment. Very, very much, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty dated, um, but uh, you know, at a certain point, I think that flattered the campus, and 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 Dan Kiley, you know, by their accounts, designed it with the you know the architecture and surroundings, the urban surroundings of the sixties in mind. 50 years later, the city and its surroundings have changed, and and so have the trees. The trees are now very large, very overgrown, and it creates a very, very dark, dreary, sort of evil woods from a forest and a fairy tale sort of vibe. Uh, So much so that I don't know that people know they can even go in there. Certainly, when when you look at the grove, if you pass it, you're probably not seeing a lot of people there, uh, despite the testimony of, of the, the people on Monday. It's not a, an especially well-used place. It's just not very inviting. And, uh, you know, I think the city can do better. That's, and so does the Marcus Center. I mean, the, the Marcus Center, uh, they loathe the Grove. <laughs> and they've expressed that in a variety of ways. They, they call it the Black Forest among the employees. And uh, they're, they're frustrated. The people who hold the events at the Marcus Center are frustrated. Uh, one of the uh, people who testified was a representative of True School, the sort of beloved uh, youth nonprofit. Over the last couple of years, they've really taken the initiative in holding some pretty cool events outside of the Marcus Center in the summer, which is exactly what should be going on there. Kind of youth-oriented, fun, inclusive events on the water on a really pretty day. Uh, it's pretty great. And they testified, look, we don't like this grove. It's it's gravel. It's a hazard for the kids running through it. Um, you know, it's just, I, I think the Marcus Center's argument is we can do better, that we can open this up and uh, create sort of a, an open lawn uh, that, uh, you know, will be better used where people can eat lunch. You know, downtown workers can eat lunch on nice days and people can spend time on, on the weekends. Um, the design that they propose, to be fair, and again, I want, I want to represent their view well or the critics' views well, it's not the greatest. The, the, the design that the Marcus Center did propose is sort of just an open lawn with some trees. Uh, Mary Louise Schumacher, the uh, Journal Journal Sentinel's former Journal Sentinel art critic, wrote a widely circulated piece that sort of most passionately and eloquently lays out the arguments for preserving the Grove as is. And and one of her most persuasive cases, I think the thing that's hard to argue, is the Marcus Center's design that it's pitching isn't very inspired. It's just sort of an open lawn. I'll be honest, I prefer the open lawn to the Grove that's there now. I, I think even... A fairly plain lawn would be better used and suit the Marcus Center's needs better than this sort of outdated, overgrown grove. Uh, but I, I also think she's right. I think they can come up with something better, especially given the caliber of architects that they have on it. The um, Marcus Center has employed a architect uh, named Jim Shields, who is apparently, I won't pretend to know this firsthand, but apparently very respected and, and people in architectural circles like the guy. And uh, they, they think he can do good work and they also think he can do better work than, than what's been proposed so far. So yes, yeah, so all for holding the Marcus Center to a higher standard, making sure that they put that public space to the best use, but also sort of want to poke a hole in sort of this romanticized vision of this grove, because the truth is just just look at it. It, it's it's not inviting. It's uh, it's not well used, and so it, it at times during this meeting, it almost seemed like supporters were painting this like alternate reality. You know, like oh, I go there all the time, and 
You know, it's it. I don't know. I'm not seeing that. Well, the like Marcus a, Center isn't. It's seen very that. similar to the people who said I go to the Atomic all the time, or I'm so sad Atomic is closing, and the, the reason mm-hmm. it's closing is because you like, don't actually go all the time. Yeah. But the one part of your story, Evan, that really got me was uh, our favorite alderman Bauman um, when. It was a person who relies on wheelchair was testifying, mm-hmm. correct? Can you read his quote, I think? Yeah, so, and this is where it gets contentious, and it was not a very contentious meeting. In fact, it was one of the boringest meetings I've ever watched. It was so dry, but it did have sort of a heated moment, and it was, I think, entirely because of Bob Bauman. Um, a couple people testified on on behalf of people with disabilities. And unfortunately, their names were rattled off so fast, I don't quite know which organization they were there for and and why they were there. But uh, I thought they were both very passionate and very persuasive, uh, you know, statements that were at least relevant. Uh, One was a deaf man who testified on behalf of a colleague who has mobility issues, who said that um, she was humiliated visiting the Marcus Center and just being able to to navigate it well at all. The Marcus Center, it's, it's very much sort of a labyrinth. It's it's tricky. It's tricky to walk. In fact, even if you've been there with older relatives who don't move around so well, um, it you know that it's actually pretty hard, that it could really use some upgrades. Uh, like a lot of buildings from its time, it just wasn't built to accommodate wheelchairs very well. And uh, his fear was that uh, this historic designation would make it harder for the Marcus Center to make those necessary upgrades going forward. And then the uh, the second testimony was from uh, a woman of a mother, uh, excuse me, a mother of a, of a son, a child in a wheelchair who testified about a visit to the Grove where the other kids were able to go down there and he wasn't because right now there's not a ramp. Um, people would say, you know, I think a lot of people will say, oh, just throw in a ramp then make it accessible. Well, so far that hasn't happened. Uh, and and it's it's tricky. It's not the easiest grove to navigate really for anybody. Uh, There's gravel, which makes it very hard for wheelchairs or walkers. And also there's these low benches that they added uh, that, well, they're terrible. They're they're just so low to the ground, like you wouldn't possibly want to sit on them. Um, So it's, it's really, it's really tricky. I thought uh, what they were saying was at least relevant. I think that, that their concerns, their mobility concerns should be, uh, at least heard, right, and considered. Bob Bauman really fired back at them, and he kind of snapped and said, you know what, up until now, I thought we were having a civil discussion about this issue, uh, but then you had to go and weaponize accessibility, is how he put it. Uh, and he really, really fired at them. Um, I think he did speak for a lot of people who want to protect the Grove, who feel like, hey, where are these accessibility concerns coming out of nowhere now? Like, I, I feel like they think that these concerns are somehow below the belt. They are not. Uh, this is a debate about a public space. And part of the argument for preserving that grove is, you know, the, the people who like the grove say, this is a well-used space that I like to go and it's peaceful and people can go there. Well, not everybody can go there. It's literally a debate about a public space. Everybody needs to be included. Uh, does that mean, you know, that there can't be debate on it? Of course not. But the idea that it's out of bounds to even bring up these concerns, I thought it was pretty audacious. Yeah, I don't think you're going to win any any points attacking someone in a wheelchair mm-hmm. who's saying they had a lousy experience there. I want to I want to back up a little bit. Um, this this whole debate kind of started. I, I know the Grove 
was kind of the focal point, but this also kind of extended, at least initially, to just the, the full exterior of the Marcus Center, yes? Is that still the case, or are people just laser-focused on this grove now? Because I think we've talked about on the show, too, that the exterior of the Marcus Center, which uh, they want to improve, we all think is pretty dreary. It's this big kind of imposing, concrete, brutalist block and, and not historic at all. And yeah, mm-hmm. which we talked about, and I'm sure they talked about at this meeting as well, that it's been been changed and quote unquote upgraded so often throughout the last you know 50 years that it, it really bears little to no resemblance to its original state. So are we still kind of arguing about the, the, the yes. center was, as a whole? This was a huge part of the debate. And this is uh, Jim Shields, the architect uh, for the Marcus Center, makes a very persuasive case that uh, historical designation is silly because there's nothing historic left to preserve. And he can illustrate that with a lot of slides showing sort of the changes to not just the campus, but literally the facade of the Marcus Center. And and it's funny, I'd forgotten about this. Growing up, the Marcus Center, when I was a real little kid, the Marcus Center looked different than it does now. It used to be covered in this... um, white marble. It really had this really regal look, uh, very elegant, sort of almost streamlined, uh, very striking. Eventually, I think in the late 80s or early 90s, that marble was replaced by a mix of like limestone and granite and it's beige and it's, it is really dreary. Then they've added some other, you know, some other accessories on the campus that maybe don't look as good as they could. They added that gaudy neon lighting, which I think was just sort of a desperation play. I think they just needed something to perk it up and make it look colorful, but it looks really tacky. Um, and I think this is sort of part of the case for the urgency is, hey, let's let's get this building looking as good as it can. But it's also the case for saying, hey, don't give the Marcus Center in its current state a historical designation. I mean, if you can't make changes, basically you're protecting gaudy changes from the 90s, not, uh, you know, a beautiful building from the 60s anymore. It was a little weird. Uh, A lot of the Marcus Center's case came to knocking their own building. Uh, Bob Bauman sort of put out, you know, kind of pointed out the absurdity in, in his remarks. He's like, well, why don't we just tear the whole thing down? Is it really that bad? I look at the Marcus Center and it's not that bad. Well, I mean... Look, nobody's saying tear it down. That's kind of hyperbolic, as quite a few of Bauman's comments were at the meeting. But um, it is bad. It is it that bad? Yeah, it it really actually is kind of that bad. I could also see, you know, again to give credit to to people on the other side of the debate for me, I could also see the argument that every time they've tried to improve the Marcus Center, they've somehow made it worse. Uh, I think that's true. And and sure, that is reason for caution. Like, let's not repeat the mistakes of the past again by making it worse again. But also, let's not handcuff the Marcus Center to its worst possible state, which is kind of what it seems like it's happening. If you're just tuning in, this is the disclaimer. If you want to catch up on what we're talking about, go to Shepard Express, read Evan's piece about the Marcus Center and the uh, designation for historic preservation. So why is the committee so quick to give it the designation? It seems like is it it seems like the architect's arguments are pretty solid and pretty logical. Um how how what is the ration, what is the reasoning for arguing against his very clearly rational It's case? I it, I think a lot of it is the grove. I think they want to see that grove preserved. I think that's what it is. I think I'm not sure if the Marcus Center realized it was picking on a sacred cow 
when it tried to mess with the Grove. I also think the debate over the Grove got a little ugly. I think the Marcus Center maybe made some claims about it that were a little over the top. They started pointing out that uh, the Grove is very dangerous, that these trees are going to fall, that it was mismanaged, that it was poorly, uh, poorly plotted from the very beginning. I don't know what's true and what's not. I mean, you can debate whether the grove was just, look, when you plant a whole bunch of chestnut trees in the middle of the city, it's not going to be like it is in nature, right? This is an artificial landscape. It's not meant to stand the test of time. I can see that debate. I can also see the, well, the Marcus Center neglected it. And if they trimmed these trees and treated them properly, they wouldn't be all overgrown and the roots would all be tangled together. That could be true too. I, I don't care how we got here. The, the point is we're here now. We have the grove we have. So I think um, – So you think that maybe Marcus Center overplayed their hand from the beginning and they left some bad taste in people's mouths? I, I think – yeah, I think a lot of people are angry at the Marcus Center right now. I think they don't trust the Marcus Center. I feel like they don't think that the Marcus Center has the best interests of design in mind. Uh, it's going to be a challenge for the Marcus Center. They're going to have to get that goodwill back because especially now, it, it feels like a scene from a buddy movie where – a cop and a criminal are like handcuffed together because now you've got the Marcus Center, which wants to do one thing, and it's literally chained to the Historic Preservation Committee now, which very much is mad at them and wants to do completely the opposite thing. And now they're going to have to figure it out. I don't think that's going to work out well for anybody, to be honest. I, I think, you know, I, I'm sure you could argue that, oh, maybe they'll come to a better design. Well, I hope so. But honestly, it, it seems like it's going to slow down a design that the Marcus Center was trying to fast track. Seems like it's going to mess up some of the Marcus Center's plans for sort of some of its summer programming going forward. I think this is going to be ugly for quite a while. I think it's interesting. The initial, when they kind of came out with their initial announcement, like, hey, here are our plans. Here's some renderings. This is what we want to do. It seemed like the, the, the tree grove, the chestnut grove, was really kind of, you know, just kind of, you know, the, the fourth most important thing yeah. in, in their initial plans. It was, you know, they weren't trying to bury it, I don't think, but it was just just another piece of this grander puzzle. And uh, I really think it was uh, Mary Louise Schumacher, uh, when she was still uh, just near the end of her uh, tenure at the Journal, uh, she did write that piece that you mentioned. And, and I think that's what really kickstarted this whole thing. And got uh, everyone excited about it. Um, I since then I have been hugely entertained by the passive aggressiveness between <laughs> both sides. That uh, you know the the Marcus Center announces they want to do this, and then suddenly uh, some people come out of the woodwork and they're like, "Oh no no no, this is historic!" And oh, we were going to do that before you announced. Sure you were. And then the Marcus Center suddenly, when this starts, they're like, "Oh, actually these trees are dangerous. Uh, they may fall over and kill someone." So if you walk by there right now today, there is a, a metal a chain link fence around the whole thing. It's uh, I, I'm just endlessly entertained by the the back and forth here, which I think is pretty the, ridiculous. The chain link fence is insane. And it also just shows how difficult it's going to be coming to a compromise. The Marcus Center doesn't want this grove. They don't want to protect it. They don't want to preserve it. Uh, are they being passive aggressive? I don't know. It sure seems like it. It really does. I don't know a way around that, honestly. I mean, I don't know how to like tamper down that hostility, but they're going to have to figure something out because they got to fix that campus. Yeah, and in, in the spirit of some of our other conversations, much like the flag conversation, if they did try to fast track it and skip steps and mm -hmm. kind of ram it through, then that's that's their fault too, and they're they're, they're to blame for their own. Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know what the word would be, but not in competency. Well, hubris, hubris is sure. the word, right? Hubris, uh, and, and I agree with that. But the, the, the challenge is right now they're not in charge of their own fate. 
and it's it's a public uh, institution that the city as a whole does have a stake in. And right now it's at sort of war with other institutions in the city, and I, it's ugly. So what's the, what's the next step for this? It, uh, the Common Council is going to – has a chance to appeal this or what, what's going on? Yeah, the Marcus Center will appeal to the Common Council. I have no idea what the odds are of them being heard out or not. I could only guess. And I have no idea where it goes from there. That's, uh, that's it. I mean I, I think rationally they're just going to have to find some compromise. They're going to have to find some way of placa- placating – the uh, Historic Preservation Committee, because they're kind of beholden to them now. And that's, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm just amazed. I mean, because it seems the compromise would be, I mean, their their plans, I, I don't know if it was clear at first, uh, that, but later it was said that, you know, we are going to put some more trees back out there on this lawn. Is that is that correct? Not good enough. Not good enough, yeah. <laughs> Suddenly it's, it's just become such a huge thing. And the, and the crazy thing is, you know, the shifting rationale for both sides when they argue the uh, people defending the grove now argue it's not about the trees. You could even cut down all the trees and it wouldn't matter. It's about the original design of the grove. It's about the sanctity of Dan Kiley's design. and Sanctity of gravel. Yeah, that, that just to me is, you know, that's over the top, if I'm being honest. I just, come on. I think when people go there, their attachment is to the trees, right? Like, that's what most people are responding to. But no, it's about the design. And that's what needs to be preserved. And that grid needs to be preserved. And that 70s sunken living room feel needs to be preserved. I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm all for preserving history. Try to preserve as much as, it can, as you can. You don't want to do anything rash. But also, sometimes it's nice to improve on things. So how, do, we can how, do better. how does it work if they want to improve? If, if if they're forced to say, okay, we'll keep the grove, but we want to make these improvements, do they go in front of the Historic Preservation Committee? And, yeah, I think they'll need approval. Apply, I think they'll need approval for, for that kind of everything stuff. at every step, and it will be slow. And if you get this designation, are you in any way exempt from dis, uh, accessibility laws? Because it seems obvious that they would have to make this wheelchair accessible. So that's an interesting question, and that's where people uh, start to get bruised feelings. Uh, Bob Bauman insists that a uh, historical designation does not preclude the city from abiding by ADA compliance guidelines. Uh, But the truth is people get around those guidelines all the time. Those guidelines are just flagrantly ignored all the time. The, uh, The historic designation does add a couple extra steps for any changes you want to make. It's a disincentive to making changes. So I I think in the letter of the law, it shouldn't matter. And in an ideal world, it wouldn't matter. And it it shouldn't be a choice between preserving history and accommodating people with accessibility needs. But the, the honest truth is, I think if you really look at it, yeah, I mean, it happens all the time. It's places that have the historic designation are updated less frequently and do tend to be less accommodating. The Pap Theater didn't have elevators when it opened. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> is, it, is it worse? Has it lost any of its historic <laughs> dignity because we added elevators? Well, I mean, I would, I would also like to ask the uh, proponents for giving it the designation. You know, you talk about the integrity of the original design and the integrity of the original vision. It must be adhered to. Well, well what about wheelchair ramps like mm-hmm. that? That compromises the original integrity, mm-hmm. but also allows people to access the original vision you know mm-hmm. um i would I'd, I'd be curious to hear the response to that and i i wonder how carefully worded it would be answered because 
it is a slippery slope because the the other side could then say, well, if you agree to this ramp, then why not more? Why not better seating that isn't one foot off the ground and is a tripping hazard? <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, it's a it's a slippery slope on this one. A gravelly slope, one might say. Yeah. <laughs> Any last thoughts, guys? No, just curious to see where this goes next. Uh, do we know when the the Common Council will hear this? Is that just kind of up in the air right now? Uh, I don't yet. Uh, it'll be interesting to learn. Well, relatively interesting. <laughs> Shouldn't oversell it. My only last thought is like the the dichotomy between I was talking to Evan or uh, Matt before the show about how it seems like this is something that nobody actually cares about. But then you talk the, yeah. you talk to you about the people in the room at those meetings, and mm. there are people that are deeply passionate. It seems like there's there's like. 50 people in this city that are passionate about it. Um, another 50 who <laughs> want to improve their building <laughs> and nobody else cares. Yeah. It's, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, somebody, somebody remarked at that, that it was inspiring how many people turned out and it, yeah, it, it sort of, it sort of was, but it's one of those issues. And I, I want to be sensitive to the people who are passionate that sometimes a very vocal contingent that has passion on their side can speak for the whole city and maybe override common sense and uh, so it's a it's a sensitive thing where you want to respect that they care and hear their concerns and consider them and try to accommodate them as much as you can. But also, come on, are we going to keep that growth? But I think the best argument for changing it, right, is that until this whole issue came up, I hadn't thought about that grove in probably 10 years. Yeah. So what value is is it to and, and we do this radio show literally two block two blocks mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. And so what what value is it bringing to the city if people uh, regularly visiting a location two blocks away hasn't even thought about it for 10 years. Yeah, completely agree. All right, this has been the disclaimer here on WMSC. We are here most Wednesdays at noon. Thanks to Solo for the theme song. Um can find us on Facebook if you want to argue with anything we have to say. And you can download every single episode by downloading from the WMSC archives or by subscribing to the podcast on Apple Music. Until next week, thanks for tuning in to the number one cultural talk radio show here in Milwaukee. We're preserving history. (laughs) This is important. (laughs) Stay tuned for music from Sid here on WMSC. Support for WMSE comes from Fengs, located at the corner of Water and Humboldt. Open weekdays at 4 p.m. and weekends at 2 p.m., Fengs offers a drink menu featuring craft beers and cocktails. Fengs has multiple pinball machines and ample bike parking. More information about Fengs at facebook.com slash F-I-N-K-S-M-K-E.